Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast Series, the number one sports podcast series on planet Earth. Yeah, we're back, guys. So sorry about last week. My intention for this year was to put an episode out every week. I'm going to do at least 52 episodes this year, potentially more, but uh, I was on the road last week, so Kate's Kate's currently got a full-time job in Foster, so I kind of float between Sydney and Foster, and um, yeah, I was a bit off my routine last week, and I, I'd have a, ba- I got a few guests lined up, but um, yeah, last week was on me, we didn't have the Loose Head Sports Show, we didn't have the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast, so I'm going to pump a few out this week to catch up for you guys. Um, firstly, I just want to thank everyone for the support, it's been a pretty crazy start to the year, you know, uh, certainly got to thank our wonderful guests who have agreed to come on. Uh, but also the people that are listening and telling people about the podcast. It's, it's you know, it's pretty cool. It's something I always wanted to do is starting to go well. And, you know, I still feel like I'm just starting and, and I'm just going to keep getting better and better and better at this. This is, this is something I'm going to do for a long time. And, um, yeah, so thanks for your support. If you want to support the podcast, check out uh, my company, Caffeine Gum Australia. Uh, so what we do is we import caffeinated chewing gum. So it was designed for the U.S. military when they do like overnight or, or sort of long haul assignments, and it's just, what it is is it's a it's chewing gum that's infused with caffeine. So it comes in three great flavors: in spearmint, cinnamon, arctic mint. It's batch tested, so a lot of professional sports teams are using it now, and um, it's got 100 milligrams of caffeine. Tastes really good. It's really quick and easy to use, and. Most importantly, everything we make there goes into supporting this podcast. So if you want to check it out, it's www.caffeinegumaustralia.com. All right, guys, today's episode is a very special one for me. So growing up as a kid, I was absolutely obsessed with Cool Runnings. How these four guys from the tiny island of Jamaica ended up going to the Winter Olympics and representing bobsled. Uh, I don't know why, but that just resonated with me. Still does, still does to this day, and, and to have the opportunity to talk to, you know, one of the members of the Cool Runnings 2.0 2022 edition was really cool. Hearing the sacrifices that the guys have had to make to representing their country, to represent their country, and you know, uh, Matthew hadn't even seen a bobsled before until 13 months ago, and now he's he's representing Jamaica in the Winter Olympics. The guys qualified in the top 50% of the world, so they're serious contenders. Um, yeah, very, very cool story. And it was an honor to spend a short amount of time with him before he's going to Beijing. And uh, let's just get straight into it, guys. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Jamaican bobsled team member, Matthew Wekpay. Mate, Matthew, very nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on. I've been incredibly excited to speak to you. Um, so as I was saying to you, this is a very rugby heavy show. So you're my first uh, dual sport athlete and, and my first winter Olympian. So, mate, welcome. How are you? And, and just as a way of an introduction, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, your background, and I guess how you got into bobsled? Cool. Um, yeah, growing up, I started playing foot foot footy. So I don't know if you guys call it soccer. But um, yeah. yeah, we started playing football at a young age. Um, I wasn't the best at football. I was just good at kicking the ball hard. <laughs> yeah. um, and then moving into secondary school, because I was always quite quick. 
And one of the teachers actually recognized me and said, hey, you know, you're, you're a strong guy, you're quick, why don't you try rugby? So from the age of like 12, 13, I started playing rugby for my school and then got into club rugby. Um, and then before, well, around the age of 14, 15, I actually injured my wrist, dislocated it in a game and wasn't able to kind of obviously play rugby for a while. So I was like, hey, I can I can still use my legs. Um, let's pick up athletics. And in my first year, I actually done pretty well. I, I reached national standard and went to a competition called National um, English Schools, which is really cool. Got to the final. Um, so that, yeah, done that for a few years before then the hamstring injuries come <laughs> with athletics, sprinters, you know, they'll like, I guess, you know, a lot of people can, you know, they'll understand how, how it, what happens, but um, yeah, a lot of injury, uh, a lot of injuries happen, obviously with the hamstring. So then was like, Hey, you know, I can get back into rugby. Still got a quickness. So got back into that, was playing rugby for a while and have been. Um, and literally over lockdown. So obviously COVID has happened and I wasn't able to play. So obviously I play for the Jamaica Rugby Sevens team as well. So I kind of gave up 15s after um, like maybe four or five years ago and was like, yeah, yeah I'm just going to give um, Rugby Sevens a go. So at the moment I'm playing for the Jamaican Rugby Sevens team. And over lockdown, um, the pilot of the Jamaican Seven, um, of the, sorry, um, Bob State team reached out to the Jamaican Sevens team because we have a load of players based in London, in England. Yeah. Because his brakeman, who was is st- was stuck in Jamaica, and you know with COVID and the traveling and getting visas, it was so difficult. So he was like, "Hey, you know, um, do any of you guys want to try out for the Jamaican um, bobstay team?" And I was like, "You know what? Not doing anything else. You know, I'm, I'm training a bit, but not doing anything else. So you know, why not give it a go?" So I was like, "Hey, um, yeah, I'll give it a go." So maybe two, three weeks later. Um, he had like a little trial just to kind of test your speed and like explosiveness. So we had like a 30 meter sprint test. We had a broad jump test and we had like a, a medicine ball, which you throw in front of you just to kind of show your power. Yeah. And I've done pretty well. And I was announced in a team and literally another three weeks later, it was, was my first ever time on ice on the highest level of bobsleigh before the Olympics. Well, so, so, Sorry, can I ask about that? How, how did you train for that? So was it a matter of you do your physical test and then all of a sudden you're in a tournament, you're running on ice, you're jumping in the bobsled. Is that how quick it was for you? <laughs> yeah. So I've never seen a, a bobsled in my life. Um, <laughs> and we're talking, this is around now 13 months ago. So the beginning of December was my first ever time. Um, 2020 was the first ever time you know I saw a bobsled. So I, I literally, so let's just say the competition was on a Saturday. Mo- the Monday slash Tuesday was my first time ever seeing a sled, getting on ice and going down a track. So it was wow. a, yeah, yeah. So how did you train for it? Did, did you guys have like a facility or something in, in London or, or was it a matter of you, you practice your sprinting, your weights, and then all of a sudden you get early to the tournament and all right, this is our practice before the tournament. How did it work? It was, I mean, it wasn't the best, it wasn't the most ideal situation for me. Obviously, you know, with COVID, you know, gyms were closed. Um, I did have access to, to, to a gym, yeah. but, you know, it was, it was literally just off the training I had done previous to that. 
so over lockdown you know be doing my little like weights doing the sprints and that was it um so it was it was literally literally turn up learn how to push a sled get get in and yeah just <laughs> pray that we don't crash <laughs> what, what was it like going down the down the sled thing for the what do they call it the the ice bobsled sleds you sleds yeah no the bobsled the sled i get but you know the ice thing that they call it well yeah it's a track yeah, the track. What was yeah, it like cool. going down the track for the first time? Because I could imagine like bobsled's pretty fast, and if you hadn't done it before, that would be a pretty crazy sort of first experience. What What was that like? So, the the funny thing is, the first time that I went down, I wasn't that scared. Because I guess I didn't know what to expect. It was the second time that I went down that I was like, <laughs> okay, this is quick. Um, yeah, and yeah, I was more ready for it because. You know, you're, you're on some tracks, you're reaching up to 100 miles an hour yeah. and you're pulling around 5Gs. So it, it does take it out of you. So, okay. So this was about 13 months ago, correct? Yeah. So, so you, you jump in a sled for the first time. What, what's the process like of actually qualifying for the Winter Olympics? Because to me, that seems an absurdly quick amount of time to start the sport. And then all of a sudden you go into the Winter Olympics. And I believe you guys qualified reasonably well didn't you yeah so we actually qualified in the top 50 percent. so that is like a big achievement for us as a nation um and and especially this year and you know this this olympics was the hardest qualifying period so it was you know points wise every every year on olympics previous they could you know achieve a spot in the games with lower points but in this this year, we had to, you know, we had to pull it out of the bag. So, so is, is there a qualifying tournaments that you have to go to? Do you have to do well in the World Series? Like, what is the actual process like for a bobsled yeah. team to qualify for the Winter Olympics? Yeah. So there's three ways. There's um, three ways of getting to the, to the games. There's the World Cup, which is the, with the highest tier. Then you have the EC, which is the Europa Cup which is, you know, around Europe. And then you have the NAC, which is North American Cup. We actually decided to stay, do the North American Cup because, you know, it was it was more beneficial to us. You know, we had the coaches, we had, you know, our equipment out there. So it was, you know, it was more cost effective. Um, and it, it does turn into, you know, it, it, to planning things right. You know, what team is going to be where, you know, the less yeah. teams there are, the more points you can get. So it, it was just a kind of matter of, you know, deciding, hey, this is the best chance that we can get to the Olympics. So the competition started starts around from November till the 16th of January. That's a kind of qualifying period. Yeah. So we done, you have to do at least eight races. So at least seven races and they take your best score or sorry, it's sorry. It's seven races and they take your, you can do how many races you want, but they take your best seven um, positions and rank yeah. you accordingly. Yeah. So, so if you get um, if so if you go on more races and you might get a faster time that they'll take that time. So yeah, is, is that how it works? Yeah, it's quite it is beneficial. It, you know, because you can do how many races you want, and you know, if you do, you know, you get top five a few times, and you get like a sixteenth. You know, they they can wipe that sixteenth out and take all your best top five results. If that makes sense, if you had seven yeah, it does. top five, it does. Yeah. So once you've qual once you've qualified. Uh, what's the reaction been like? I've, I follow you on Instagram, and it looks like it's been pretty, uh, pretty wild. Uh, as soon as yeah. they made the announcement that you're in, like, what's it been like from your perspective? It's been crazy because you know, especially the former and I speak for, um, you know, 
we were a new t- we, were a new, we were a new kind of team we were a new crew we'd never kind of loaded into a sled together um you know we didn't know how it was going to go but you know we decided to go out to lake placid in september to kind of gel as a team and just learn and because they have an ice house an amazing ice house in lake placid that you can just it's like a slope you go down and up and then it goes back so you can kind of yeah. practice loading in the sled you know so the driver can practice you know even a two-man how to hit a sled so you know that was a big part of it and you know it wasn't easy at the start you know jumping the sled and you know being on the handles can be a, quite a bit um difficult and there was you know a few times some of us kind of fell off the sled <laughs> but if we didn't have that kind of four weeks in lake placid i don't think the season would have gone how we wanted to for the four man for sure so so what about the public reaction obviously the cool runnings movie you know i i grew up obsessed with that movie so i was you know very very excited to talk to you but what what's the public reaction been like since that announcement because i mean australia doesn't really have a winter you know we you know we're a big island as well and coming from jamaica the jamaican bobsled team is it's quite an amazing story but for you has there been a lot of public attention as well now since the team's been announced to the olympics oh yeah there's there's been a lot you know um media coverage and just you know members of the public you know everyone loves the cool runnings movie everyone you know so many different generations have have grown up watching it and you know it's one of the first things people actually ask you know are you cool runnings are they going to make a movie um but yeah we love it you know because i i grew up watching it and it's a movie that i love and still watch to this day um actually watched it recently so you know i relate to it and just to be able to kind of live that dream and you know you're part of something is is just an amazing feeling Mate, I, I reckon if you get a medal they will make a movie about you guys 100 percent. but what <laughs> what about the what about the the influence those guys had on on jamaican culture like from from an australian perspective you look at it and go this is this is awesome the you know watching it but for you guys who are actually in the jamaican bobsled team have those guys who were the first team what what influence have they have they had an influence on you guys have have you know do you know them uh what's what's you know what's the jamaican culture like you know what's the take on them if that makes sense yeah um it's massive and you know the 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 head of our federation is is chris stokes and he was actually one of the members of that 1988 um crew who went to the olympics so it's it's massive and you know to be able to kind of like carry on that kind of legacy has been amazing and i think you know the whole of jamaica is proud um you know we're small we're a small nation we don't have ice in our country but the fact that we've come together and we've been able to kind of get a place in the olympics has been amazing and we've, we've had so much love i, I could imagine it would be very very special What's what's some of the preparation been like since you've since you've qualified for the games? So obviously you're in, you're in London. What's what's the preparation like individually and for the team as you go as you work towards Beijing? Um, so, I think the go on. So I was just going to say, is it just individual, you know, gym sprinting, you know, your individual prep, or are you going to get much time together as a team before you actually get on the ice over there? So the way it's worked. Um, Obviously, we got um, accepted into the games. We qualified for the games. So we decided to, um, basically, in England, in Bath, there is a push track that the, the Great Britain um, team use. So we've had, we had access to that. 
and it's like a, it's like a running track that has a dry sled on on a track that goes down and that same same concept as ice yeah and we, we used that and we had the four man on it so we could tra- practice the loading trying different combinations so um that's been the kind of prep as a team but yeah. mostly when it comes to bobsleigh it's more of you know maintaining that power maintaining that speed so a lot of sprints and a lot of um like weightlifting based like gym gym um, workouts so is it so i i watched a documentary ages ago there was some australian rugby player who went did bobsled and and qualified for the might have been the winter olympics certainly a world cup and they did serious amounts of leg uh squat work and gym work and, and they're serious athletes and pushing some big weight has there been any physical changes that you've had to make in your own preparation or was it just a matter of maximizing what you already had and, and just you know just keep building on what you already had um so the first you know last year was my kind of my first season as i said 13 months ago i'd, I'd um it was my first time on ice so when i came back and you know the next thing for me was thinking hey you know it's it's, it's olympic year i need to be ready and i'd say from february march i had changed a lot i kind of got a, a weightlifting coach um, Keith Morgan, he's amazing. He's done a lot with, with the England team. And he actually fixed so much of me. He increased a lot of my power output. Um, before I joined him, I would reverse curl. I wouldn't be able to clean. I just had a terrible technique. But he he helped me a lot. And, you know, that with with the sprinting. I have a sprinting background, so I was never going to kind of – I don't didn't feel I was going to kind of struggle on that. Helped yeah. me um, be prepared in the most I could ever be. Did you did you do anything nutrition wise to get your body fat down and to to boost your strength? Like, or was it just all pretty normal for you? Like, did you just keep doing what you were doing, or did you change anything in terms of your food, that kind of thing? Um, I'm I'm the sort of person that you know, I'll eat you know I'll eat whatever I want. Not terrible. I'm I'm quite healthy, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> um or. Bobstay season is another thing, but I'll get back to that. But in, yeah. in general, I, I do eat quite healthily um, with the training. I mean, you know, if you want to recover, you need to eat and, you know, eat the good food. So that's that's what I try and do. Yeah. So you are just mentioning bobsled season is another matter? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, <laughs> you know, bobsled season, you know, a lot of people just see us go down the slope and that's it. But, you know, the sleds weigh, you know, over 220 kg. And when there's a team of four or five sleds, you know, because we had, you know, there was not just our four man and two man, there was the girls teams as well. So before you know it, you're moving to 200 kg sleds around all day. You're loading it onto the back of the truck, you're loading it off, you're flipping it. And especially when it's cold, you're going to burn more. So weight drops off. I mean, I even lost around five, six kgs in, you know, in, that, in a few months. So it turns into... You need to eat. You need to put the calories on. You need to put on weight. So anything goes. So you can have a bit of ice cream, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yes. And the fact we was in America, it was it was good. <laughs> it was good. Hey, tell tell me about your team, uh, your teammates, and potentially some of the sacrifices that your team have had to make uh, to go to Beijing. Because I, I know, uh, obviously, you know, the bobsled is not a huge sport in Jamaica. Um, what about your team? Have they had to make any sacrifices for this journey? And and what about yourself? Have you had to sacrifice anything to get to Beijing and to go on this journey? Yeah. 
So, I mean, all of us have made sacrifices in one way or another. Um, pilot Shamwayne Stevens, he is um, fortunately to be part of the RAF and be a high-performance athlete, so he's kind of been fine. But at the same time, he's had a newborn. So, you know, he spent a month with, with his daughter before being away for three months, so he's given her up. Um, we have Rolanda Reed, he's one of the brakemen. He, you know, gave up his job as a teacher to, to you know, pursue this. We have Ashley Watson, another brakeman who's given up, who gave up his job. He does physiotherapy. Um, he had even was doing a master's while out in, in America. And for him to, you know, pass was, was amazing. And me, you know, I was, wasn't able to work, you know, given up a lot of time. Um, I'm actually planning to do, get into cybersecurity slash cloud computing. And cool. to be able to, you know, prepare myself for that and, you know, work and train and everything. I just I would have to put that on the side and yeah so not having a job has obviously affected me financially and, and, and everyone financially and we have also have Nimrod Chogot who's another brakeman who came out for part of the season but had to go back to Jamaica so we've all kind of given up um a lot we've we've been at loss and you know it doesn't help as well that Jamaica is such a small nation we don't have ice you know there's no ice there and you know sponsorship and stuff goes a long way for us and when you don't have the funds, it makes things harder. So there's been struggle all across the board, you know. But you know, the fact that we've we was able to kind of turn it into a positive and, and get to the games is is massive. Um, Matt, it's it's unbel- it's unbelievable. But but just just as an example for 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 those who are listening, um, who are the big bobsled nations? And you know, in terms of the budget for the top teams. Um, what's what's the what what are the differences like? What what are you competing against when you actually get to Beijing? So the probably the easiest way and what a lot of people do relate um, bobsleigh to is F one on ice. So big nations being Germany, I, I would you know in my opinion being there probably be the biggest. They have a government funded program, um, so they have their own, own sleds, they have their own equipment. Um, you know, we also have Canada, we also have America. But, you know, we're competing with that. They have, you know, so many sets of runners. They have mechanics. They have coaches that, you know, they, they have they have funds to burn, right? Whereas we don't own our own sled. Um, we've, we've, we've had to borrow our two-man and four-man, or the four-man for sure. Um, we don't have the access to everything they have. So, you know, when you have, let's say, McLaren and F1, and let's just say we'll probably not even be in F1, we'll be a league low. So that is the difference. No, it look, it makes sense, and it's a good example for for people to understand. Um, when you actually get to Beijing, what's that? What's that going to look like for you guys? Are there are there COVID restrictions still in place? Um, like, ha- how does it actually work in the games village? Is it is there going to be like I think for the Summer Olympics they had like the Australians were over in one place, and then the Americans were in another place. Is that going to be the same type of thing when you actually get to Beijing? Yeah, so the, um, the rest of the, the four-man crew is actually out there already. Um, I'll have to stay back to kind of get some documents, which sucks, but hey, I'll be there, so it's all good. But yeah, it's it's looking similar to the to the summer games. It's very restrictive, and I think, you know, for China, it, they, they need to kind of, you know, kind of keep everything, how should I say, they, they need to show that they're doing the most to try and combat COVID and the spread of it, which is understandable. So um, there's a lot of, you know, barriers between seats and you have to keep separate and, you know, being ushered around 
by members of you know volunteers and stuff so you know that's part of it but I think as an athlete we we, we don't want to let that kind of ruin our experience so you know it's, it's just part of the games are you are you looking forward to seeing other sports when you get there and maybe experiencing some of the different you know meeting some of the different athletes and is there any particular winter sport that you like like I, I love ice hockey like to me that's a big one well what about yourself what about yourself yeah I'm looking forward to I'm just kind of looking forward to just being in that atmosphere um you know I, I can't wait to be on the village it's, it's, I'm sure it's going to be amazing um I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to meeting maybe like I, I want to see a bit of the speed skating I always yeah. kind of loved how they look really cool going around and just how quick they go um ice hockey is pretty cool we actually have a there's a jamaican ice hockey team but they didn't actually qualify for the games unfortunately um but yeah ice hockey is pretty cool um maybe figure skating as well there's something about kind of like just being on ice and skating to that music's pretty cool yeah so hey was it was it weird running was it weird running on an ice for the first time so so the, the spikes that we have they have um on the tiptoes they have like hundreds of like metal spikes so it's actually in a way better than running on a, on a track in track yeah. spikes you're, yeah. you you know it's you know you're planted more and you can actually get up to speed on that so it was weird but um you just have to remember to stay on your tiptoes <laughs> don't go on your hill because if you go on your hill you're gonna slip you and hurt yourself have you had any accidents yet going down uh, yeah i've had a few um my first kind of week of four-man loading on the side because we have side handles and you've got to jump on the side and then load in. I actually fell <laughs> getting in and kind of slid in the ice and was like, no. But um, you I had a few crashes. Okay? I was fine, you know, a bit of, you know, just, yeah, I was, I was fine. But um, I had a few crashes. Um, they're not nice. Not nice, you know, going, crashing at, you know, 80 plus miles an hour, I'm feeling five Gs around the corner isn't nice. Do, but, they, um, do, do you do any training for, for that? Like I imagine you do a lot of neck strength stuff, you know, a lot of a lot of stability stuff, so that if you do have those accidents, you're okay. But, but can yeah. you can you can you train for that, or is it a matter of uh, the thing is, it's like we we as much as you know, be prepared for a crash. That's not the aim of being in the back of the sled or you know being in the sled. You know, it's just about having that trust. It's about the driver knowing the track well having the runs and yeah it's, it's more just being prepared for a crash um one of the things you know you, you, the one of the probably the, the the scariest things in a, in a in a crash is is an ice burn so we we wear a thing called a burns vest which kind of dissipates the heat on the shoulders yeah. um so that's one of the things but also obviously helmets and banging your head in the ice that's the other things so concussions but you know, you can't really prepare for, for an ice burn. You can't really prepare for a concussion. It's, it's just kind of, so what I, what I like to do in what, well, not what I like to do, what I do in a crash is I try and just pull myself up into the cell a bit. Cause I'm literally, you know, my head's down and I just pull myself because the, just to get my ice, my shoulder off the ice. Yeah. Cause it's, I've, I've never felt a burn like that, but um, yeah, there isn't really anything you can do to prepare for it. It's yeah. It's just hoping we don't crash really. Yeah. Um, what about what about preparing for the actual race? So, like, when you get to the track in Beijing, will you have a few opportunities to go down the track prior to actually competing? And is it, you know, is it like the movie where the driver's actually going through and looking at the turns and memorizing the turns? Like, what's the actual preparation like for the race? 
So let's say that the week leading up to a race, um, we have training runs because we have to qualify for the race. You know, it's just not we've gone to Olympics, we can we're just gonna race. We have a week of, of qualifying and every morning um they allow anyone to go down the track to see the curves and that's why sometimes you kind of before a race you'll see the pilot doing a mind run so they close their eyes and they're like going around the track it looks a bit funny but um they're kind it's of visualizing yeah so we, we do get a chance to, to to go down the track and see how the curves are to where you maybe need to steer or hold a pressure um and you literally have to get down a track twice to qualify the sled you have to go down get down the track twice on four runners to qualify so you can't crash and cross the line you have to go down on four runners to um, qualify but the, the the day of the race um they don't usually allow you to walk down the track to kind of see it you got to, you can walk on the outside but you're not allowed in so it's similar to f1 where you've got to have you kind of have to have the turns in in your head and you memorize it as you beforehand so that when yeah. you get to the track it's all pretty much done i've got to ask you about your rugby career so you're going to the commonwealth games for jamaica as well is that right so the aim is um so they haven't qualified yet there was meant to be a tournament um, for the, to qualify this um, in February, literally the same time that I'll be competing in bobsleigh, but it was cancelled due to obviously COVID. So yeah. we're just waiting on whether they're going to um, get another date for it, or if they don't, we will actually qualify based on the last result of this of the same competition. So we, um, Jamaica and Canada, would um, automatically qualify for the games. So what is the is this the Commonwealth Games uh, in Australia the one coming up? No, the um, Commonwealth the Games in, is is actually in Birmingham, England. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. So, mate, that'll be a, that'll be a cool experience as well. So, once you've done once you've done the Winter Olympics, it's just back to rugby. Do you think you'll continue doing bobsled going forward and maybe try and qualify for the next Olympics, or or is it just you know? See um, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not young. I'm 32 now. Um, so if I'm I'm gonna be able to be in the set at the age of thirty six, um, that'll be a big um, achievement. But I'm, I'll see how this 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 kind of Olympic, um, the Olympics go, and you know I'll I'll get back to the rugby as I said, and just see how it goes from there, and just see how my body's holding up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what what do you what did Jamaica have to do to actually get a medal at this Olympics? Like how 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 would that look? How would that feel? Um, you know. I mean, it's, it's it's hard to even explain. It would, it would be amazing. Like, you know, every athlete goes to the, the Olympics to try and get gold, right? And, you know, we're doing the same thing. It's going to be tough, you know, but we're going to give our all. And, you know, let's just say we get the gold. That would, I'll go cr- I would scream. You would hear me screaming. <laughs> man, um, I, I think there would definitely be a cool runnings 2.0 if that happens, mate. Yeah. That'd be unreal. I, I, yeah, probably, yeah. I, that would be amazing. But, you know, I think as a nation and as a legacy and as showing kind of progression as a nation, I think we want to better um, 14th as that's the best Jamaica's ever finished at the games. Um, you know, we, we're, going, we're going for gold, but we want to kind of leave a lasting legacy of, you know, we've, we're showing progression as a nation and to show that we can compete. So for, for, uh, for us outsiders who don't really understand, how many teams actually qualify for the Olympics? So if you're coming 14th, that's out of, out of out of how many teams? I, if I'm correct, in the two man there's 30 sleds, and in the four man there's 28. Okay, so that's so 14th is still quite quite amazing, really. That's you know pretty yeah. awesome, man. Anything above that would be pretty special, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think you know 
wherever we finish, you know, for, for where we've come from and, you know, what we've done, what we've got to get to the game should be amazing. But, you know, 14th is definitely something that we're, we're eyeing to bear. Mate, very cool. Um, that, that's all I had for you, mate. I really, really appreciate your time, mate. The, the 12-year-old boy in me who is obsessed with Cool Runnings uh, would be absolutely thrilled right now. So thank you very much. Where, where can people find you on social media? Where can people learn more about the team? So we, so my personal page is Matthew Wilson eighty nine, um, but also you can follow the team on JBSF, which is yep. with the Jamaican and Bobsay Federation um, Instagram page, and from there you can kind of find all the athletes that are competing. Hey, all, awesome! Thank thank you so much, mate. Best of luck to you and the team. Uh, I'm super grateful for your time, and hope you get over to Beijing soon and. and and join the boys and, and really enjoy it, mate. You know. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Mate, ha- have a great day. I'll, this will be out in a couple of weeks, so I'll tag it all over social media so we can get cool. some people following the team. And uh, yeah, mate, thank you. Thank you very thank much. You. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Very, very cool. Uh, I'll certainly be watching Matthew and the team in the Winter Olympics. So, yeah, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please make sure you like, comment on the video, rate the podcast, subscribe, share, tell a friend, tell 20 friends, and follow us on social media, guys. All that stuff means a lot. And if you feel like it, uh, please support the podcast with buying some caffeine gum. That's www.caffeinegumaustralia.com. Until next time, have a great week, and we'll talk again soon, guys. Cheers.